Hi, and welcome to Cycles of Life podcast. My name is Jana Puisha, and I'm a certified life coach, trainer, and human resource professional, and very much a self-development enthusiast. This podcast is about our ever-changing life, because it's never just a simple straight line. It doesn't always have predictable patterns and turns. Everything around us is a collection of repeating and evolving cycles. So this podcast attempts to explore the nuance of life. I will be sharing thoughts and stories based on my self-exploration and work as a life coach, but also interviews with inspiring people. Well, hello, everyone. Hi, Kate. Hi, Yana. So nice to speak with you again. Yeah, absolutely. So just to have a backstory really uh, so Kate is actually the coach that I worked with to launch my own coaching business I suppose <laughs> still struggle to call it business um, so yeah we we know each other we obviously we've been following each other on Instagram for a while but for our listeners I wonder if you could just quickly introduce yourselves who you are and what you do right now yeah, so hi everyone, I'm Kate and I am a modern career and business coach and I work with purpose-driven women, helping them find more freedom and fulfillment in their business career and life. Um, and that's how we, we connected with Jana and started working on her project around coaching, which you know, firsthand she is very, very passionate about. No, absolutely. I mean, you helped me a lot, obviously. Uh, and that's why I wanted to talk to you because I think it'd be really interesting to talk to kind of coach to coach almost. <laughs> Maybe do mm. a bit of a myth busting in a way, but like in a gentle oh, way. Cool. <laughs> Not yeah. necessarily. Mm. So that's why I thought it'd be really good to chat to you. But before we jump in into all of that, um, I always obviously love to know what what landed you here? How did you end up becoming a business coach? Yeah. Yeah. So um I'm just going to go through some of the key <laughs> milestones because it's so I find it always tricky to tell the story in like a couple of sentences. I'm a, a detail kind of person. Mm-hmm. So um yeah, so I my background is corporate um and I built my career in corporate for about 10 years. And um, when I just graduated uh, from my master's in com- in computer science, funny enough, um, well, actually, a detail there, it's not actually called com- computer science, it's called network and a business center computing, but the bottom line is, is computer science. And I, um, yeah, went into the world of IT and was very keen on um, sort of building my career there and I had this vision of how I'm going to be traveling the world meeting um, people who are um, leaders of their organizations and how it's going to be all very exciting and how I even had this I think uh, this picture of me going to like uh, places like Canary Wharf and being all very uh, in my suit and very business-like and stuff like that so yeah it was kind of interesting and then how it all started coming together for me quite nicely and the vision was was coming to life quickly and um there were a lot of good things in that a lot of growth a lot of meeting um people um and a lot of challenge as well but at some point I I kind of got to the place where I felt uh a lot of the things in my vision were a reality like I 
was traveling the world for work. I was traveling the, the work for in my free time as well, which was one of my dreams. I um, bought a house. I, you know, was doing all the things I wanted to do. And then I started noticing quite a big disconnect in how it all looked like and how everybody perceived it and how I was actually feeling inside. And that's where my journey started. Well, my journey by that, I mean, I started working with someone um, at the time and um, started also exploring things on the side. I did a graphic design qualification. I was doing photography. Um, I was always reading and doing various courses in personal development, but it was I always just thought, oh, that's just for me. It's something that I just enjoy. Um, I was that geeky child with all these personal development books since I don't know what age. Um, but I just found it fascinating to understand how our mind works, you know, how, why we do what we do. Um, and also starting to see that there are other ways to see the world, there are other ways to think about the world that can open a lot of opportunities. And so then at that point where the outer view of my reality and the inner view was quite different, I started um, uh, working with uh, a therapist at the time as well, and that was quite revolutionary <laughs> for me. And um yeah, I since worked with various coaches as well. And but I wasn't finding what it is that I actually wanted to do. So when I would ask myself, okay, so if not this, what? What do you want? Um, and also I, I recognize that it's a luxury to be thinking about that because like all my basic needs were fulfilled, were filled, like money was not a thing that worried me. Um and I think when you can cover all those needs and when you can cover your immediate desires for me for example was for traveling a lot then you have almost like a luxury to start thinking oh how how fulfilled I am in my work which for me I wasn't that <laughs> fulfilled in my work um so yeah and then um I was exploring I was trying a lot of things and um eventually I took a sabbatical for uh, six months from my work and um, that's when, towards the end of it, well, during the sabbatical, I've explored all sorts of modalities, the healing modalities, all the kind of meditation you can think about that I didn't know even existed, all the ecstatic dances, <laughs> sound healing, everything. It was like a new world for me. I was like, whoa, this all existed, and I didn't know. And it actually all existed. I didn't need to go to Asia for that, which I did, but it was all in London, but I just didn't know. It wasn't in my reality at the time. And then towards the end of it, I I went on a, a like a qualification course for NLP and coaching, and I didn't know what was going to come out of it. Like I just knew it would be good for me personally, and and that's why I went. Um, but in that course, it was something completely shifted. Like it felt like the light was turned on. I was like, oh my god, it's possible to feel like this when you're studying it's possible to feel like this when you're working and I just really really loved uh, all the practice that we did it just fit really well into 
like who I am as a person, my natural interests, but also I really love the one-to-one -one conversations and really deep connections. Like in, at the party, I'm not going to be like at the big sort of company thing. I'm the person who's like somewhere on the side with somebody talking about all the deepest things about their life and how they ended up there and all this sorts of stuff. So yeah, it just felt like it clicked. I haven't thought for some reason about the most obvious thing um, being my next chapter, which is what I'm most interested in. I just thought, oh, that's just for me, like on the side. So yeah, that's how it. I sort of entered into this. And that was in 2018, I think. I think it was in 2018. I'm not, I will need to double check. Or 17, 18 or 17. Um, but um, yeah, and since then I started working with people. I haven't left my job straight away. Um, but yeah, and I currently I'm still doing that. And in terms of the actual business and career, I actually struggle, I think many coaches do, um, to put a label on exactly how <laughs> to call myself. Um, and I landed into this because this is what my conversations seem to be all about finding more fulfillment and freedom and that is for every person is of course different we're not mm -hmm. the same in what fulfills us what we need um but that's kind of where all the conversations start people come around the business and career and they inevitably go deeper into a person and um so it kind of is more work focused on a person not on the business and career if that comes as a result, as a, almost a byproduct. Um, but I think to kind of put some label, this is where I currently landed at. <laughs> so yeah, that's a lengthy reply to your question. Um, but I think I'm done. <laughs> <laughs> well, that's a beautiful answer. And that's exactly what I wanted because I knew, I knew you have quite an interesting story. But also I think there's a lot of similarities between you mm. and other people and I know that's what we spoke about just before we started recording yeah. is that all of us think that we have such a unique story we're so special <laughs> but it's all the same we all go through very very similar kind of cycles mm -hmm. and yeah cycles I suppose <laughs> that's all it is I think it's, I, I agree and disagree as well at the same time um I agree because that's also what I am seeing in my work, people coming back to themselves, like being really honest with themselves as to what do I actually work, like want in my life, what fulfillment means to me, what impact means for me, what legacy means for me. Like if I shared all the expectations and all the stuff that ended up being put on me by society, by maybe my bringing, by family, by culture, what it is that I'm about. So that I agree with. Uh, but also I don't agree because I have also seen examples of people like going straight into what they actually are passionate about. And I think that's so beautiful and so kind of lucky and um, not that common. Like I'm thinking right now about the example of my granddad actually, which I didn't think I was going to talk about at all, but this just <laughs> came up. Um, yeah, he is... Um, a professor and a scientist in the computer science direction, he, he, he passed away, unfortunately, in 2020. But he was just so passionate always about what he was doing. And he always had like a thousand different things on the go. Like he was having 
you know, he was doing lectures, writing books, having a beehive, like building a sauna, whatever. There's always something that he was totally obsessed about and passionate about. I just think that he was like that from like always. <laughs> I don't know. <laughs> um, but yeah, mostly I, I also see what you're saying, hear, yeah. hear what you're saying, see the same things. <laughs> <laughs> oh, it's interesting what you, what you just said about your granddad as well. Uh, because what comes up to me, like if all your story, well, while you were talking about it, the thing that I keep going back to is the importance of mindset. And it feels like everything started changing for you when something has started shifting in your mindset. Am, am I right? Yeah. Or am I just imagining that? <laughs> no, you're right. Like, I, I think for me, it was when I started to realize that there are other ways, like that the way I function and the way I look in the at the world and the way I respond to the world, that there actually are other ways that are available and that I can actually try as well and see. And it's not just this sad pattern of like a response or the like reaction to whatever's happening, that actually I have a lot of um, choice there. Um, yeah that's definitely where it started and also like realizing that I don't actually have to fulfill anything like I don't have to match up to anyone's expectations of how I should be in their view in, in their view and letting go of all not it's not black and white it's not there's a switch or now I let go of all of the shoulds no it's a process it's something that it's a journey you notice things but shedding them one by one even like my language inside my mind was like now you should do this you need to do this it's all like very directive and realizing that well actually according to who should I do that yeah, absolutely <laughs> who is this for <laughs> yeah no, that's interesting that you said that because that's exactly the same thing that I had to work with therapists to get through as well because mm -hmm. I've realised I have so many shoulds in my head. And you're right, mm -hmm. like it's not, obviously it's not a switch. It's a gradual shift. What mm -hmm. I see it is, it's almost you start seeing through it. So you see those shoulds, you notice them and you understand where do they come from and then you can mm -hmm. choose. Are you going to say yes yeah. to that or are you going to challenge it and actually do it your own way? Yeah, exactly. Yeah, it's coming back to almost checking with yourself whenever that comes. Oh, okay. Okay. <laughs> but also, even if something that we like technically should do because we want to, right? Some, I don't know, basic things that we do, it's also shifting the language and not forcing, like, I'm not subscribing to forcing yourself to mm -hmm. all the time change the language, but seeing whether for example I get to fit there so if I should for example I should record the podcast now it's at 11 or whatever time and saying oh I get to record the podcast and does that actually sit nicely like does it fit do I actually feel like that then shifting there and if not then maybe thinking oh like why am I then recording it <laughs> mm -hmm. yeah um, well, actually, seeing... I think that's a fascinating topic as well the, mm. about changing our language what do you think is the power in changing the language? What changes once you change the words that you use? Yeah, I think it gives you 
the power back, it, it highlights that you actually have the choice and you always have it. Um, even if you, for example, are in a job that you don't like at all and you, you know, feel like you should go to work to, to make money, even in that case, you changing the, the language simply reminds you that in any situation you have choice. Well, in most in, in most situations, I'm not talking about some physical abuse, for example, but um, in most situations you have the choice, you have the agency to decide what you do with your life. And I find that very empowering. Um, yeah, I think that's what the, the shift in the language is for, is for me about. What about you? Like, what do you think about it? Um, I do agree with you. I think there's a level of, it's kind of talking to our subconscious in a way as well. So, because if you change the language, you change the words they use, you, A, you realise actually you're in charge. And I think that's quite mm. powerful because sometimes yeah. that's what people forget about, that you are in charge of your life. Yes, of course, there's so much privilege around loads of us, so yeah. many different levels, but still, we are in charge and we can change mm. things. And I think it does mm. start with mindset and what's that we use and goes from there. Mm. Yeah, exactly. And it's also realizing that this paradigm of thinking, like this way of thinking is also a choice and you can choose to, to use it and that it can help you or you can choose to hold on to the fact that, well, you know, I don't have a choice and, you know, as we know with all these things, anything that we believe we can find proof for, like if we if we believe we don't have a choice, our mind will go and find us proof of how many times we don't have a choice mm -hmm. and how nothing can change. And if we start cultivating other way of thinking, then we will start finding those proofs as well. So it totally is realizing, I like a lot uh, uh, a metaphor that's used in NLP actually, they talk about map not the territory that our view of the world is simply a map and there are different maps there are different ways to look at the same territory mm -hmm. and yeah it's it's realizing that you have a certain map right now and you're navigating within it by for example working with a coach or a therapist or doing some work on your own through whatever resources you have access to you can start shifting that you can start changing it you can start seeing the world in a different way so much power in it. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Um, and actually, that's something that I wanted to touch on as well. So you said when you've realized actually corporate career is probably not what you want to do for the rest of your life. Um, because I find that fascinating. Obviously, I have a corporate job right now. And I'm thinking as well, oh, is it something that I want to do for the rest of my life and realizing that probably not that. I mean, I do like my job, but also at the same time. There's different things that I would like to try. But I think what's really interesting, because for a lot of us, the reason why we stay in these jobs is because our self-worth is so firmly attached to our jobs. Mm. And I was just wondering what your thoughts are on that. How, mm. how do we cultivate that self-worth in our, ourselves that mm. allows us to free <laughs> ourselves, if you like, from job or career path that we always had in front of us? Yeah, that's such a juicy question. There's so much things that are coming up for me straight away. Um, I'm going to go back to the beginning of where you said that I, I decided that's not what I want to do like for the rest of my life. 
and I, I just want to clarify something because I find that very liberating as well. I don't know what I'm going to do for the rest of my life. <laughs> and I used to freak out at the thought of that because I needed to know, like I needed to know what's next exactly and what's my next step. How am I going to be promoted? How am I going to get my money? How am I going to go, go and get bigger deals? And um, and right now I don't know, like right now I'm so passionate about my business and I'm nurturing it, I'm growing it and I love what I do and I love what it brings to my life. Yet I completely reserve the right um, in, I don't know, 10 years to decide that, oh, actually next, maybe I have a next chapter. Like I feel like this idea of finding a purpose that you have and it's only one for the rest of your life, it's just so heavy and I find it, it just causes so much stress, especially for people who are like in jobs that perhaps wouldn't be their natural choice, but the jobs give them something, for example, money or something, some kind of security. And I, I, I just don't like this idea of people getting so stressed that they need to find this purpose. It's only one and otherwise their life will be wasted. It's just so, so heavy because I feel that we have, we can have multiple things in which we can realize ourselves and, and have a purpose and have meaning and that they can, they can evolve. I know many coaches even who started from, for example, doing food code, like um, relationship with food was their theme or uh, not many. I know a couple like, where they started with that and then they went into more of a business side and who knows what they're going to be doing in 10 years. Like we all are evolving and I feel like that's so liberating to tell to ourselves that okay today this is what it is I'm 100% in I'm committed I'm loving it and it's like with any opinion like today I might believe in this one thing and passionately believe about it and talk about it for example on the podcast and then in 10 years maybe I believe in a completely different thing and that doesn't make me wrong or bad it just makes me human that evolves and I think that's empowering as well to know um so that's that's like on 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 that. So you know, I've given myself full permission to, if I want at some point to go back to, probably it's going to be a different kind of corporate. Yes, mm-hmm. <laughs> but to employment, who knows? You know, it's all it's all possible. And then on the topic of identity and the work, yeah, I totally. That's a, was a big one for me as well because. There's just so much tied up because this is how our society in many ways functions. We meet people and we ask, what do you do? That's like one of the first questions. And it's nice and very pleasing for our ego when we say something that people are like, oh, wow, that's great. So, for example, if I meet someone and I say, oh, you know, I'm just working on this 100 million deal and I'm just going to America for a couple of weeks, you know, I'm going to meet my friends in New York before. That sounds very like society acceptable like very good well done <laughs> no one then asks how you feel really about this not not many people ask that <laughs> i used to ask that and that was interesting that would reveal interesting um conversations um it's just easy it's like we feel safe we feel understood it's a label that people get easily um and and i think as well you've touched on this that there's so much ties between our self-worth and our like success in a way that we've been taught the success should be almost um 
that is a lot of untangling and it's very like realizing that there is this tie that I believe my my value and my worth is determined by how much I've achieved is really liberating and powerful and takes it takes time to untangle it and and uh, realizing that how that makes us feel so this belief is can be very it's hard to sometimes identify and let go because it seems that it works because it produces the results and i'm sure it well, i'm not sure i'm curious if it resonates with you too uh that you know if we believe that to prove our worth we have to be achieving we keep on achieving i was achieving a lot like i have all the gold medals from all the universities and schools and <laughs> And everything, and it seemed to work because people, like everybody, applauds and says, "Well done, that's really great." And you feel, "Oh yes, that's so good." <laughs> but, but then you realize that you are on this treadmill that you don't have a switch to turn off. <laughs> you just are on it, <laughs> and and uh, and that no matter what you achieve, is never enough for you because there's always the next thing. And if you, for example, achieve some personal. So if I use my previous job as analogy, like I worked in IT sales, so we measured our achievements by the sizes of the deals that we closed <laughs> and the relationships that we built with clients. And But the bottom line was the numbers, okay? So it was easy to measure. So for example, you close some kind of a deal that's big for you. If you have this mentality that my words are attached to my achievement, the the feeling is short-lived and then you feel like okay I need to keep on achieving I need to do the same or more or you know then a bit of imposter syndrome would would sprinkle in and or they will know that I'm a fraud kind of stuff starts coming in and yeah it's just never ending and realizing that our worth is infinite it's not attached to any numbers it's not attached to any achievements we already are completely worthy and enough and it's something we can cultivate in ourselves as a, as a belief and that even if we fail at whatever we're doing we still are completely worthy and enough um it's just so powerful like i think i can talk about this for hours um because it just gives you so much freedom like and i'm for me freedom is one of my core values and personal freedom in, in all sorts of and in all sorts of areas of my life and I just feel the realization that you know we can do anything we can we can be successful in what we want we can fail we can try again we can and that's not tied to how we perceive our worth that's yeah that's a major shift mm-hmm. no I 100% agree I'm nodding along the whole way <laughs> Um, on that note, I think I wonder if you have any practices that you could share with people. What helps to nurture that self worth? Is there anything that you do that helps you? For me, it's really anchoring in, in, into the belief that I am already infinitely worthy. That nothing can measure my worth. Not my bank account. Not my followers on Instagram. Not my successful projects. Not my successful clients. Because also I see this with coaches that coaches start tying their words to the success of their clients, and then poor clients because they don't have like any more that much agency. Mm-hmm. <laughs> so it's 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 just everywhere, and it's reminding ourselves that 
it it doesn't matter how whatever external things happen they're just not tied and it's also going back so there are different ways that you can work with that in in um for example with the coach so if i if i work with my clients um it's also understanding where those beliefs that make us think the opposite come from like where have they formed and then how can we um unlearn them how can we perhaps even through certain practices go back there and give that version of ourselves what they needed to know or understand or what they needed to receive um and it's also understanding that i don't I, well at least in my current opinion <laughs> i don't think it's something that you is that is black and white i think it's something that you cultivate throughout your life and and there are moments when you can slip into this uh feeling of um, not enoughness or mm -hmm. and it's about noticing that so the power is in noticing that and bringing yourself back and remind yourself because also we are now like i am over 30 and for most of my life that's what i believed in so uh you know it takes time to to shift as well um yeah it's also i think what helps is having more open conversations and it can be with again a coach or therapist but it can also be with some of your close people because then this all of these beliefs of not enoughness or imposter syndrome, they really need uh, isolation as well to faster when you feel like uh, it's just me, there's just something fundamentally wrong with me. Everybody else is okay, it's just me. And when we start realizing that actually, probably most of us struggling with these things at one point or another, um, there's nothing wrong with us. And um, that's also quite powerful um yeah so i don't think there is i don't think there is like one thing that helps everyone in in the individual work it's about understanding as well where they come from um what what do we need to know what do we need to receive remind ourselves about and what are some of the ways that we can start shifting those beliefs because also for example in personal development world there is this uh tool is called affirmations that mm -hmm. probably all of us know and i don't th I, I don't i'm not against affirmations at all um but i feel like <clears throat> it, when you're starting out when you're doing it yourself it's nice to start with like gentle affirmations where <laughs> you don't start saying if you always believed it's black something is black and then you're like it's white and you keep on repeating that it's white and it's great for some people it might work and anything that works for you great keep it and don't listen to anyone else but uh, some people just struggle to connect with it because they just like but i know it's not it's not true mm -hmm. so it's it's being gentle with those shifts so you know for example if you if 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 take another belief like i can't do something right or i'm just yeah like yeah, for example, I can't do something. And then instead of just saying I can, I can, I can, which is also good, can be powerful. But the gentle way is, is to ask yourself, but what if I can? Just start this curiosity mode. But what if I can? Like if I could, what what would be some of the ways in which I go about it? Like mm -hmm. just switching from this black and white, either good or bad, to like more curiosity. Oh, let's explore. What if what you know, what if it's possible? What if I am good enough for this? What if I am um, what if I can't do that? Yeah. 
Yeah. Oh, I agree. What it sounds like as well is just gently shifting the boundaries, very gently, just pushing mm. them and saying, oh, wonder what happens if I go, or if I make just one step over that line that I was yeah. so petrified of, actually, what's going to happen then? Exactly. And also, it's like, I, I love how you just said, like, what's going to happen then? It's like, mm, also, we can explore that as a question. Like sometimes our mind just attacks us with all these things like, but what if this, but what if that, because, you know, it doesn't attack us. It wants to protect us. Right. So, Mm -hmm. you know, when we have all these systems on alert, like basically it's a self-protection, it's a survival mode. Um, But also sometimes it's helpful to actually answer those questions. Like, so what if, what if that happens? Like, what if I do this and it goes all completely wrong? What, What will happen? Or what if I put myself out there in that way and no one, no one, no one replies? Mm-hmm. What will happen? Because most often than not, nothing will happen. It will just be the yeah. same. <laughs> exactly. And I think that's what's powerful as well. Because if nothing happens, if our self worth is attached to that thing that we're doing, mm. that's where the danger is. Because mm. yeah, if nothing happens, then you think, oh my god, I failed. But actually, you haven't mm. failed. You just tried something. It didn't work. That's all. Mm. That's that's it. Yeah, I like that. Like, I like this reframe of failure, um, in a way that basically something that we expected didn't happen. Things didn't go to the way I expected. That's what failure basically is. Mm-hmm. And sometimes it's easy to just label it failure because what people kind of understand, that's what people kind of get. Uh, that's what it's called. But yeah, realizing that uh, yeah, we can fail is possible. Especially, like sometimes with my clients, I'm quite confronting because if someone's really like afraid, when we are rooted in in fear of failure, um, I find it really liberating to actually almost accept the possibility that yeah, it's totally possible that it's not going to go how you think it's going to go. It's possible that it's what it won't work out, and then what? So it's Mm -hmm. exploring what what does that, what is that going to mean about you you know and then untangling that uh that um set of beliefs because i think for me i i have been driven for sure by fear of failure like and like an a student all throughout for me it was like impossible to imagine that you know i can fail and now I find it so liberating to this sounds counterproductive but i find it so liberating to almost embrace that possibility that yeah that along with a thousand other things is totally possible in this universe (laughs) and and I feel like it frees up a lot of energy that is used to like push against that pretend that it's not possible or it's not for me or not think about that just and turn that all of the energy into curiosity of like how can I make it work what are some of the ways in which I could try and looking, especially as a business owner, I'm sure you can relate to that as well, is looking at the business as almost kind of we're testing the hypothesis. Like we don't know if, for example, mm-hmm. a marketing way will work for us until we test. And then it may work or not, may deliver results or not. It may deliver the, 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 the results, but we may not enjoy the process. Like it's just all exploring, really. Yeah, 100%. Yeah, that's, that, that's why I started the podcast as well. I just yeah. had a very strong desire to do it. And I knew if I don't try it, I would regret it. And yeah. I don't know what's going to happen. I don't know what's going to lead me. But I'm really enjoying the process. So I'm just and that's riding so, the wave. That's the key. Exactly. And that's the key. Like, 
it, it's I think sometimes we just overly focus on just the result mm -hmm. and there's this mentality that we're going we're gonna to get it by any means like we're just going to get there because we have to because you know we're not we're successful we're the people who are not failing right and that all of this mentality and then and then we kind of don't enjoy the process at all and then we we get even if we get to the result often we're just so burnt out that we don't even have any reaction to it we don't really enjoy it and we just need to look after our basic needs to recover a little bit and that result then is kind of a bit useless to an extent Whereas like focusing on the process and being curious as to what might happen out of it, you know, but whilst also having goals, um, it's just such a, I'm amazed by this. I, I, I find it so much healthier and mm -hmm. just a better way to live life in general. No, absolutely. So what I'm curious about is how do you feel the coach fits into people's life in a way? So who do you think would benefit from working with a life coach? A business coach well i think coach and therapy as well um are almost like when i first started working with professionals in this area i would just go around share to everybody not i wouldn't preach to say you have to go because i think that's like no one has to do anything but i would just share how it changed my life and a lot of people in my circle would then go and do the same <laughs> so i almost feel like if you can afford it if you can afford it then it almost is like in the same way as you brush your teeth you kind of i don't know <laughs> bad metaphor but like brush your mindset <laughs> yeah because because you kind of clear the weeds you can you notice what is getting in your way of living the life that you want to live and and that's easier to do you can do that as well with books for sure but i just find it it's much easier to do when someone almost holds a mirror to you mm -hmm. and um note that like, points out those automatic ways of thinking of being that you have that you may think that they are the only way but somebody who works with many people and who's done work on themselves as well will see that actually this is just one way and and it's no one's going to force you to change anything or to do anything it's just realizing that there are other options mm -hmm. so i find it immensely beautiful and, and, and powerful to 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 work with professionals like that and and there's a lot of misconception i think it's massively changing when i started working with my therapist which was i don't know seven years ago or something like that like my mom thought I must be like full-on crazy and <laughs> to do that <laughs> and many people I think in my surrounding probably thought that too because I was so open about it. I was so excited about how it was working well <laughs> and so um but it's normalizing that that for example to work with a life coach you don't need to have a major life breakdown and it's not that someone's going to teach you how to live your life which i think is another misconception <laughs> um it's almost sort of people think like oh yeah let's see what kind of life you're living then you're going to teach me how to live that life which is totally not what coaching is about or uh like therapy as well but i'm not i'm going to stop talking about therapy because i'm not a therapist um at all but in terms of coaching um I think anyone would benefit um, and especially uh, well, we kind of have a bit of different 
directions with with you in terms of the coaching practices but um if you are looking to bring some kind of change in your life or you're feeling someone stuck and and unfulfilled um and you perhaps don't know where to start that's like one direction in which that can go but really like for me in my practice I work with people so I work with people who are employed but perhaps are lacking fulfillment um in their work so it doesn't mean they want to change work or quit work Mm -hmm. um it's perhaps finding uh you know what they do in their organization of how or how they do it finding some change in that finding some more connection to meaning and purpose in in what they do or people who have a project they've been thinking about for a long long time um but wouldn't cross the line and they have everything and i was in that place for sure fully equipped you know like the people who run the marathon and i was fully equipped i had all the lycra i had all the protein bars all the training (laughs) everything but instead of crossing the line and actually running the marathon i would just run across the line like back and forth like it was quite exhausting but i wouldn't cross it because it was quite scary so in these kind of cases or like finding time for for what you're actually passionate about or people who have the business but are perhaps wanting to take it to the next level or find the way in which to make it work for them more because often we go to business to have freedom but actually what ends up is we work much more and we don't have any boundaries and like resetting those kind of things so this just it's hard to answer what specific thing I think there's just so many things mm-hmm. and to be quite honest I think anyone would benefit from working with a coach like mm-hmm. I don't think any, like, yeah one thing I would say, and I was thinking about it uh, this morning, actually, about the um, uh, the reason why you shouldn't go to the coach. Okay. <laughs> um, I think you shouldn't go to the coach with the idea that someone will save you now and make all decisions for you and it will all be fixed just because you paid some professional <laughs> to, to do something. Because it's not about fixing anything. It's not about fixing you. It's not about teaching you how to live your life. It's about helping you do the work that you can do to get to living a life that's a more fulfilling one for you and more of a reflection of who you actually are. Um, But yeah, I think this kind of thing of thinking that someone will come and save you and do everything for you I mean, it's okay if you come with that because we'll work on that. <laughs> You'll realize that yeah. <laughs> it's up to you. <laughs> but, <laughs> but just, yeah. And I think also like when they yeah, have some thoughts on, on choosing the coach, but that's not a question. So No, no, I was actually yeah. just going to ask that. So what advice do you have for someone if they feel like they're ready to work with a coach, but they're just a bit overwhelmed maybe by how many people are available right now? Yeah, yeah. I think it's a, a really good question. In that uh, there are a lot of people available. That that's mm-hmm. very true. Um, there's also a massive price variety in what people mm-hmm. are charging. Um, so I think one thing that's important is to have a conversation with the coach in relation to your expectations of 
um, what you are hoping to get out of the coaching relationship and also understanding their style of coaching because I think uh, there is a lot of uh, coaching is not a regulated industry currently and there are a lot of different um, but basically anyone can call themselves a coach mm-hmm. and uh, and there is uh, a lot of understandings of what coaching means right so some people especially on social media platforms like instagram almost uh present themselves well present themselves as a coach but with the underlying message that they for example will teach you how to do xyz so for example they've managed to build a business of some kind of revenue and they focus on that revenue and promoting themselves a lot almost saying that they will 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 teach you how to do it so and you know that's one way to go i'm not uh saying they're bad people or anything like that but I just feel like when there's a bit of blurred line between coaching and mentoring um Mm -hmm. and if you want if you are actually wanting someone to help you and teach you how to do certain things that's more of a mentoring job and that's completely different way of choosing the person because then you do actually need to see what exactly they achieved in their business Mm -hmm. how they've done it and see whether the way they can invent about it fits with you as a person. So it could be somebody's build a very successful business on networking mm-hmm. or uh, socializing or connecting people. And you might be a very introverted person for whom that's like not the idea of fun at all and not the idea of what you want to be focusing on. So that's like a different thing. But coming back to coaching, it's understanding the style that the person has, like what, what is their style? How do they coach you? what modalities are they trained in so um often people would combine multiple modalities so working with mindset the subconscious more traditional coaching some people also have more of like working with the body some people mm-hmm. are much more spiritual so they uh have completely different conversation and approach to people uh so it's finding the right match because I think there's a scale as well of people, not a scale, but some people are more, um, they want more logic driven approach, scientific Mm -hmm. things. And I think I sort of lean into, into that. And, but also with a mix of the spiritual things, a mix of body and uh, subconscious work, but some people are very completely on different scale where it's all spiritual. It's all, so understanding, yeah, what kind of styles do you want? Also, um, I would watch a person for some time. I would definitely mm-hmm. speak with them um, before signing up. I would also notice uh, if if anyone is pressurizing me to sign up right now or is like chasing me, to me, that's like a no <laughs> at all. Yeah. <laughs> um, because I feel like it should feel absolutely right for both parties to work together. Mm-hmm. Um, so that's an important one. Um, also, I would watch out for very emotional decisions. Like it is an emotional decision. Like we're not going to get away from it. It is like it ba- is based on how we feel about the person. Mm-hmm what we feel they can bring to us but um especially if it involves a significant investment um i would just give a little bit of time and and really tune into yourself and listen to uh what your gut says but also look at 
at your finances. So I think it's okay if the investment in working with a coach is a bit of a stretch. Um, mm-hmm. um, but it, it, I don't think it's okay if you're like remortgaging your house to do that. Yeah. <laughs> or like you are getting into major debt. It may change your life, that's true. But yeah, in my personal opinion, I, I think it's okay if it's a stretch. And it's almost good that it's a stretch because it. Uh, I initially was very against this mentality of thinking, well, if it's a stretch, then you're more committed. But I think it's actually quite true. Mm-hmm. If it's a, if it's a stretch for you, then you, because you are the one who's doing the work. And by putting an investment that's a stretch for you in it, you almost are ensuring that you will show up. You will make the most of the sessions. You will make, because it's also up to you to get the most out of the coach that you're working mm-hmm. with. It's up to you to contact them to ask them as many questions, to tell them if something is not working, to ask for extra things. Um, They're there to serve you, but you are there to voice what your needs actually are as well. Um, So yeah, I I hope this is helpful. I I wonder if this is aligned to what you think about about choosing a coach. No, it is 100%. I think for me as well, you know what I'm like, uh, for me, the the main thing is just go with your gut. Just, Mm. Just what feels right feel the vibe so I'm very different well slightly different the way that um the way the the way I make my decisions in life is it's very clear for me always is a yes or no so Mm -hmm. for me it's kind of a tendency just to say just go with your intuition but I feel Mm -hmm. appreciate that not everyone is in tune with their intuition Mm -hmm. and actually it's important to kind of think things through quite logically and I think your answer was very logical kind of gave quite a few pointers to look out for Yeah, and I, I I get the intuition, and I think the reason I kind of didn't go there is I I agree completely. If your gut says yes, I would still sleep on it though. If your gut says yes and it's a major investment, I would still give it a bit of time to definitely be sure that that's that's the right one. Um, but I found when I was like maybe I don't know ten years ago, if you tell me just go with your gut or go with your intuition, I would be frankly annoyed because I would not know what that actually means. Yeah. <laughs> what do you mean right now I'm much more in tune with that um and I can can hear it and and by the way it's not something you can force it's not Mm -hmm. something that you can force to now make it work (laughs) it's uh yeah it takes time and it takes almost clearing the noise to start start hearing it and trusting yourself like building the muscle of trust with yourself I think we chatted about it before that I've we never well I've never regretted a decision that I went with fully with my gut no matter how it went I got out of the experience where I needed to get out and I was happy to go there but sometimes when we try to over logicalize when we really try to be hyper irrational that's when we often get stuck because we just don't know there's a pros and cons to either ways and we just mm-hmm. they're stuck and we're afraid to make a wrong choice and that can be also quite a tricky one. No, absolutely. Yeah, no, of course, I agree 100%. <laughs> um, I think we are very much on the same vibe. So I knew we will agree yeah. on most of the things anyway. <laughs> <laughs> and I know that we can be talking for hours, so I'm very conscious of time. Um, yeah. So just to kind of circle it back a little bit. <clears throat> oh, sorry, keep losing my voice today. Um, what is new for you? What is coming up? Um, is there any exciting projects that you have? What would you... I don't know. Well, you wouldn't mind sharing with the rest. 
Yeah, yeah, cool. Um, so I am wanting to do more of group work. So, so far, all my work that I've been doing is one-to-one, which I'm loving uh, for sure. Um, but I want to do more group work. So I'll be um, sharing shortly um, a workshop that I'll be doing, but I'm also working on a group program, um, which um, hopefully will be coming out this year. That's the idea. Um, I'm also redoing my newsletter, so I know you you also have a really awesome <laughs> newsletter. I love receiving by the way, people. If you haven't subscribed, go <laughs> go for it right now. Um, um, and it's like a monthly one, but it's a very thorough one, right? And you share tools and and the worksheets and stuff. And I started there as well uh, with like a monthly detailed newsletter. But right now, I realized actually that I much enjoy having a short and snappy weekly. Mm-hmm thing in my inbox so that's where I'm where I'm currently going and I want to put a lot of focus actually on 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 the newsletter and making it very consistent and very valuable very to the point so that's the next thing that that's coming and always not cool. very exciting for many people a newsletter but for me it's very exciting <laughs> <laughs> it's going to be great and it's going to be all on like finding more fulfillment and freedom in your business career and life um different tools resources coaching prompts and stuff like that so that's the immediate next thing um but yeah generally more of a group work um expansion the a group work is the next thing for, for me oh, beautiful and if people want to get in touch with you what is what are the best ways yeah so i'm on instagram at kate.changes and then or you can drop me an email at um, hello at Kate Putienko, and that's complicated, so I'm going to spell it. So that's K A T E P U T I E N K O dot com. Um, and I would love to hear from you if uh, if you have some thoughts or um, some of your own experiences, or if you disagree completely with something that we're speaking mm. about. That would be also very interesting. <laughs> well, absolutely brilliant. Well, I will link things below anyway. Um, awesome. thank you. But yeah, uh, I suppose the closing question that I like to ask people, and everyone feels slightly different about it, so go with whatever feels right to you. If you could give an advice to younger self, what would that be? Oh, a good one. I don't, I don't know because I feel like it's the journey is a journey, you know, and mm-hmm. um, I guess. I would advise her to tune more into what she wants, what matters for her and not feel like let go of a lot of the pressure around how she thought she should be. Mm-hmm. I think that would be, that would be the main advice and, and that it's okay to try things. It's okay to fail well basically I would try to communicate in words that she would get that her worst is not tied to her achievements in any way um yeah and there's nothing that she should do in this world apart from living a life that's aligned to who she actually is and what matters to her yeah no beautiful I think it's a fantastic place to finish so thank you so so much for your time thank you for having me it was so much fun thank you so much for listening 
It would mean a world to me if you rate this podcast. If you're using an Apple Podcast app, all you need to do is just scroll down a bit and hit those five stars. Don't forget to subscribe, that way you will not miss any future episodes. And if you would like to work with me as a life coach, you can find all information on my website and you can get in touch with me through my Instagram or email. All will be linked in the show notes. Music